Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. Geordie Stu, how the devil are you doing, sir? Not very good, mate. How are you? I'm not too shabby. I should have really said pet rather than sir. <laughs> yeah, you should have done. Let no, me know. I know. I feel like I've I've let down every Geordie in the in professional wrestling and in in the world. So Alan Shearer, Cheryl Cole, Anton Deck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, it's all right, Shug. <laughs> I don't like. I don't even like say to ready to but for some reason when I was around um, Sugar Duncan when he when he because he stayed over here three times last year. Well, I felt if he was Sugar Duckerton, like he, he would be the stalkiest <laughs> wrestler in the world. Well, I'm going to pitch him that next time. Next time I speak yeah. to him and uh, see what he says. You've got him, man. Fucking got to answer. Um, don't worry if, if you slip up with any little swear words. I know you're not really a swearing kind of guy anyway, but it's fine. It's an over-18s podcast. We put like a little um, thingy on at the start, so it's all good anyway. You'll, you'll upset yourself a little challenge to try and get me riled up to swear, won't you? <laughs> Well, I did it with um, episode two. It, it's um, uh, it's it's another announcer called Mad Dog Mark Angus, and he's the nicest guy in the world. And I don't mean kind of Matt Burns nice, where he's quite almost shy. I mean he's so very loud, but Mad Dog never cracks. He's always so positive, so optimistic. And one hour into that podcast, almost on the dot, I snapped him. I was like, yes. <laughs> So uh, there you are, ladies and gents. If you ever want anyone snapping, give them my phone number. Like, I, it might take a while, but it will happen. So that's not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, you'd make, you'd make the Lord Almighty swear you would. <laughs> All right, so we're going to let you just jump on into it. So, like, obviously, what year would it have been that uh, I, I, um, I first met you? Like, 2013 is when I... Like I'd moved down in 2012, and then it was like we started working mice and dice together. So yeah, it was 2013. Bloody hell, we are going back a little bit. I like that because I still rem- remember how we got introduced to each other. Now, if you've ever been to like dinner parties, and yeah, you, know, you go along with a girlfriend, a wife, a fiance, whatever, and your wife always puts you almost like in daycare with the other men that are usually stood <laughs> in the kitchen, and they go, "He likes football just like you." And you're stuck with this dude for the for the rest of the night. And I'm pretty certain that's how me and you got to know each other. Because uh, I think you set a lady named Sarah Smith. Um, yeah, yeah. I've just done. Uh... Like, yeah, I'd just done training, and uh, she she took me around the whole office. Uh, but I'd mentioned in training that I'd done wrestling before, and uh, she was, "Oh, my, we've got we've got a guy. He he, he does wrestling." <laughs> he does, and she was so excited. And honestly, she must have left you to last. Because uh, like we sort of skipped you, then we came back round because I think you were talking or something. You were busy, and so she made sure that we were last, and it was like awkward as shit. There you go, I've swore already. Well done. <laughs> well, because I literally she kind of brought you up to me. She went, "Phil, this is you. He likes wrestling just like you." And I thought, <laughs> "Oh, for God's sake, it's just like a crappy dinner party with other couples." Yeah, I don't think we spoke about wrestling for about six months after that. We were traumatized. Yeah, and then, then obviously after that point, we never shut up about wrestling. We compare everything. I mean, to be fair, it, it does. For the most part, everything in the world comes back to wrestling. It's a really good uh, discipline is the word that I use. You can learn so much about wrestling. You can become so humble 
by doing wrestling. Because if the promoter says you're losing and you need to go on a losing streak, that will make you humble. I, I, a, I genuinely do believe that. There was a policy change at work at once before, and nobody understood it. And they were, they were, it was like Cy and um, I think it was, it might have been Craig. I'll just because they're wrestling fans at work. So instead of explaining it in the the, the politics kind of way, I just explained it in wrestling terms. And they, they got it then. It was like, everything can be explained through wrestling. It, it, well, it is. I mean, it, it just makes sense. I mean, to people outside of wrestling, they probably don't get it. But to people that have got a passing interest, at least, you go, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm going to be on that one. Perfectly, perfectly justifiable. So, to say 2013. Yeah. So, I, I, I said this to where Daniel Terry when I did his, uh, his episode. I did it to Matt Burns. I'm really bad at remembering a lot of the finer details of pro wrestling for you, not because we've done a lot of shows, because oh, we haven't. I mean, we're, we're coming up on the on the just shy of fifty shows, which compared to a lot of people, sorry, a lot of promotions, fifty shows really isn't all that much. Um, obviously, because we had a bit of a slow start, and even now we were only, only aiming to do seven shows this year. Obviously, the the Rona's kind of put a bit of a stop to that one. Yeah. Uh, so, at what point? So obviously we would have been working together at a company called Myers and Dice in town. I know most of the listeners listening to this won't know what Myers and Dice is, so, but we're not going to get into that anyway. Oh, no, it's, it, it's, it's a sore subject for me. <laughs> <laughs> and me, yeah. I was involved in that, so let's, let, we'll just we'll leave yeah. that. Yeah, well, like, I felt like, obviously, we're not going to get into the details. I felt more bad for you than it did for me. Like, I didn't, I didn't care. But like I knew that just you were just like oh I don't want to do this this is horrible. Yeah. But we won't we won't we won't dig into that. That's that's for a very like, different podcast. It was like old yellow. That's that's the only. Thing <laughs> so. I think that's the only time I could be compared to a rabid dog. No, I've got another one. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, so I'm saying so it's. Do you actually remember your pro wrestling view debut? Because I. I think I've got in my head the it was no a battle way. royal, wasn't it? There was um, you were doing a battle royal, and there was a few people that were talking about it, and um, they they said, "Oh, well, you, uh, have you got all of the people?" And you were like, "No, no, we'll sort it." And then someone, I think it was Sai from work, had said, "Why don't you put Stu in it?" It's like I think he was joking, and then a few people were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and it was like, and then I think the money thing was like spinning in your head as it does, and you're like, "Wait, well, no, that's, that's, that's about ten people that'll." come to this show uh, and so then we just had like a chat about it i think we went into the studio at work and did some promos for it yeah oh, oh bloody hell so that would have been because we actually named that person for you show battle royale yeah, royal, yeah um i couldn't I tell you what year that was would that have been um i've got i'm sure i've got you give me like a copy of it because it was like my first show i think i've got it in the drawer so I could find out. Oh, we oh, people could just download the uh, pro wrestling for you on demand and then check uh, it out. He's a good egg, isn't he? He's, he's good. <laughs> Look, I'm like, I want to say it was 2015. Yeah, it's got to be around 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, we'd known each other for like a year or two before you even got on board. Yeah, I came to I came to watch a couple of shows. Um. Because it's to- like it's totally different to what I, like I was used to from when I got trained up north, three uh, CW. Because they 
catered to like a family friendly sort of crowd, but they also catered to like the more rabid fan base. There was a, a fan forum, I think it was like UK something fan forum, and they like catered to people on there. So there was a lot yeah. of, uh, well, I'd say knowledgeable fans on there. Um, whereas yours is like, I think you had a couple of loud, loud people um, who weren't like, they weren't like cutthroat like these people were. Uh, but it's mostly like family friendly, fun, enjoyable shows. But you had some like really top quality wrestling on there. So I like, I just sort of was like, right, this is where like, I fell out of sort of love with the idea of being a wrestler from being there because like they, I, I don't know, they sort of didn't have your back. If um, so, I'd say I'd had like five matches, yeah, from, like two two years of training. You got like I got ridiculed on on this forum, and it just sort of set me back a bit. Uh, and I was just like, well, I've only had like five matches. Like, what what is he expecting? Like, for me to be like come this great wrestler in five matches? Like, it takes thousands and thousands. Um, like thinking back now, well, back then it really like got to me, and I stopped going to training, and and then I just sort of like, right, well, it's not for me. Um, but like in the first place, I didn't get into wrestling to become a wrestler. I think I've told you this before, but I used to play these, um, these uh, wrestling booking simulators online. They're quite <laughs> quite popular. Uh, they were called like EWR, and then it was like TEW. Uh, uh, they were like football manager versions of like wrestling promoting. So people should look into them because you're probably on there. Uh, you are on there, by the way. I've seen. I've, I can remember seeing you before on there. What, like um, me, me personally, or pro wrestling yeah. for you? Pro wrestling for you and you are on there. I've seen it. <laughs> wow. So well, like, hi. <laughs> I, 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 there's there's people like called modders on there, and they they just want to get everyone in there. It's like there's like four thousand people like wrestlers on there that like it, it it's got like they they guess your date of birth. They they put how good you are on the mic, how, how much charisma they think you have and stuff like that. So it's it's like, and then it tallies up and how good you are in like a brawling match or a hardcore match or a technical wrestling match and how good your psychology is. So it's like, like literally, if you think of, you know, I know you don't like football, but it's there's so many stats that it goes off and then you, you book shows and matches and stuff and it gives you a rating and then you compete against like the AI who run the other companies and stuff like that. So yeah, I got, I got into it from uh, from there. But yeah, anyway, back to the point we were talking about. Anyway, you you were on about um, like how we met and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, started coming to a couple of your shows, and then obviously we we had that talk in the office. Um, a few people suggested that I, I come on, and then yeah, I, I did the battle royal. Um, I think I think they, there was like a couple. There was like ten people from New Jersey had come over from. Like one of our other sister companies, and yeah. they came to the show. It was ridiculous. It was so loud. You can never remember stuff on the day because you were just running around stressing. <laughs> you well, could never, never enjoy the shows. Yeah, I mean, bear in mind like how much the uh, the shows change as well. So I've got in my head what I think the show should be. I mean, if you look at, um, uh, say, take the, the March show from this year, I mean, well, even the February show from this year, I mean, that was a five-match card, and there's only, I think, yours and Perfect Paul James's match, well, matches, 
that didn't change. Every other match did. Um, and so that that's kind of where I lose my sort of uh, callback yeah, with yeah. You've got you've got a picture in your head of how you wanted to be for months or weeks, and and then it always ends up changing on the day, doesn't it? So yeah, I mean that, that's just part and parcel of wrestling. But I mean, there is one thing that I I have kind of like committed to memory. So say if it was two thousand and fifteen, two thousand fourteen, yeah. two thousand and fifteen, somewhere along that kind of line. Um, Obviously, you're Geordie Stew now, but what name did you have when you first kind of got in, got into the business? I just, when you I, I went off. I went off my um my like my actual name. It was Stuart Woods. So, um, I think the idea was they they'd got a training school, um, and it used to be in a leisure centre, and it was like done on mats and stuff. It didn't have a ring to to train in and stuff, um, and they they did have some good trainers there. Like there, there was a spell where. Like I think it was like two or three months we had this, this guy who was useless. He used to just sit on his phone and we used to just practice matches and stuff. But other than that, like really good. So like we had Chris Whitten and Anthony McIntyre. They were brilliant. Uh, Dragon Isu, which uh, he was really good. Um, and then there was a guy called Eden who I started with. Uh, it was like a couple of months with, with him. So like we did have like, Good trainers. Uh, they they always did loads of basics, um, and just constantly and bump drills and and stuff like that. Um, and then they got um, a venue in Hartlepool, so it was in like a, a lockout. Is it a lockout? It's called. You know that show you used to like where they open the doors and then they just bid on the shit that was in the. Oh, kind of like 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 a lock up, like a, a lock-up. not a lockout, a lock up. That's it. Yeah. So they they got like this canny size lockout, and they got like they bought this old ring. Um, which it, I think it was used in the seventies or something like that. That that I'm not even joking. I think it was used in the seventies, from what they were saying. It was it, we used to do the circuits and stuff. Yeah, they put we had to like used to like build that and then put it down and stuff. And um, it was it was really good. We used to have guys from the shows who used to come on like come down there and like sometimes we'd have matches with them and stuff in training and stuff. So yeah, it was it was really good. Um, it was just when. Could you put like a timestamp on this for us, just so we've kind of got yeah, a bit of a perspective? Was, it was two thousand and end of two thousand and eight that I started training, and I think I had because a lot of the trainees were like fifteen, sixteen, little skinny kids, and then there was me and um, and my mate who went, and we were like I was like twenty five ish about then, yeah, uh, and I was I was quite I was six one, I was quite stocky, I was in better shape than I am now. Um, <laughs> So aren't we, aren't we all, mate? Aren't we all? <laughs> so they, um, yeah, I think they, that's why they decided, like, oh, we've got these. They used to do, um, like, charity shows. Yeah. So they, like, I think, that, I think they did record them, but, like, they weren't their main shows. So I started off on one of them. Um, and I'm, I'm, I must have done quite well because um, then they put me on the actual shows. But this is when the... Uh, that is when the, the the fan forum people used to just start. Anyone who was like young, but it's to be fair, it probably wasn't his fault anyway. They uh, they used to introduce us as trainees because they were. I think they were trying to plug the training school and get people to go into it because they, yeah. they had spent a lot of money on it. But being introduced as a trainee is a like, oh, this guy's not any good. So like, I was always stuck with that stigma of like, oh, he's a trainee. So like, thinking of it from now, I probably wouldn't. Even if I had a training skill, I wouldn't say this guy is a 
trainee still, I would have said, oh, you graduated from our training school or something like that. Like, I wouldn't even, me personally, I wouldn't even reference a school. Like, I wouldn't even say a graduate of the school, uh, anything like that. I mean, um, yeah, was, yeah, he's uh, quite new. But, yeah, yeah if you look at sort of like Britannia Wrestling uh, North Wales, they had a division called the Rookie Division. And that, to me, just, it just shits on your chips right from the get-go. It's like, oh, these are rookies. Like, it just really limits you. Yeah, like, you, you've just sort of, you've been pigeonholed into something already. It, before they've even seen you, they've got an idea of, like, oh, he's probably not going to be any good then. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then they, they, had a, they had a group, um, just something mafia, three count mafia, I think they were called. So it was a load of guys who used to be top guys who'd come back and formed a group. And they were beating up all these rookies and stuff, so we just got beat up all the time as well. Which is fair. <laughs> like you've got to learn your way in in the in the business and stuff like that. So they say. Um, yeah. But like, I, like they'd invested money into training us, and then yeah. So I just sort of like I used to, I used to even like travel because I had to go to train in Middlesbrough, so it was about an hour and a half away. Maybe it's an hour and twenty or something like that. And I used to go and do flyering and stuff like that. I'd pick his brain about um, like shows and booking and stuff like that. And like I'd, ta- I'd try and talk about storylines. Oh, we don't do storylines. The, the, the story is this guy's versus this guy. But they did do fucking storylines. I used to do my head in. And they did read. <laughs> I'd be like, I was like, like, I told you before about one that was like, um, it was before, I think it was just after Ring of Honor had done it, where they're. Um, I can't remember his bloody name. There was a guy anyway. He was um, rich and successful and stuff. And then he lost a match and he lost all his riches. And then he was like begging and turning up to shows in like drabs and stuff. And it got really popular. And they like they ended up redoing that storyline. And it did it did really well. And I was like, that's a fucking storyline. I used to do my didn't. Oh, we don't do storylines. I'm like, you fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> No. I think I think anyone listening to this, we we've noticed that we can we've hit upon like a raw nerve because Geordie Stu doesn't swear. Like he's not known for being a swearing kind of guy. He's quite placid. He's quite sort of a bit of a gentle giant. He's just a really nice guy. But when he starts dropping f bombs, especially three within one minute, I think it's just when I talk about wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, you, you've like you've dropped the f word and not even mentioned Dave Dovecchio in the same sentence. So oh, that's God, not saving, bad. Uh, saving him from there. <laughs> God, especially what listen to it. So, <laughs> so, so obviously, so obviously, you started training uh, late two thousand and eight. So what? Yeah, uh, so, uh, what... I got into that. By the way, this is um, a different story to other people that have got in. So I was obviously used to play those simulators and stuff like that. And I was, oh, which, which companies are local to me? And then I found, even though 1PW is further away, I found 1PW. And, like, I emailed them and was like, oh, can I, is there any way, like, I can come down and, like, help out at the shows and stuff like that? And this is at the time, I can't remember, is it, was he Steve, somebody who used to run oh, it? Oh, um, Steve Gauntley. Yeah, so it was just after 3CW took over from him. So it will have been about 2008, 2000, yeah, sometime yeah. around that. So I'd, and then it was um, it was um, Dan who uh, Dragon Ice who uh, he replied to me and he says, "Oh yeah, come on down and stuff like that." And it got nearer the time, and I was like, "I don't drive. I'd have to get the train to Doncaster." I was just like, "Oh." And I, anyway, I'd looked, I'd, I'd do my research. <laughs> I looked into who he was, and I was like, "Oh, um, don't you um, help out and run a 
free CW. He was like, oh, yeah, we do. I was like, oh, can I come there instead because it's a lot closer? He was like, yeah, yeah. And he told me the date of the shows and stuff like that. And he said, look, if you want to learn like the business and stuff, you might as well try out as a wrestler and stuff like that. So he gave me the, the info for this forum, which uh, had the training school on. And then I was chatting to the guy, I think he was called Eden, he was training then, and like, it went from there. So, yeah, booking, um, every time I tried to get involved with that, I just got told we don't do storylines. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, like wrestling without storylines, that's just fucking pointless. I, that doesn't make sense. Even sort of very gentle storylines. Um... Yeah. Either the guy to move up in the rankings for a title is, is a story. They probably they probably meant it in a different way. It was probably a nice way of saying, uh, we don't really need you right now and you're quite young <laughs> and, and we've got our own way, which is fine. But like, yeah, it used to just annoy me like, oh, we don't do storylines. I'm like, well, I'm kind of in a storyline at the minute. I'm getting beat up by, fair enough, a lot more established guys. Uh, and I'm, I'm a part of the training academy. So that is kind of a storyline. Oh, well. So well, obviously you started late 2008. Um, it, it put a bit of a timestamp on it for us in terms of what sort of time, what time, uh, sort of what year would it have been that you'd fallen out of love with the business and just kind of went your own way? It was about 2010. Um, I'd, I'd just, I'd, I'd just sort of like, obviously the, the fan forum comments would like, this guy was shitting on us every every time I did a show. Even if I got so good, so much good feedback, like backstage, like oh, the guy who was the champ, like he's called Cameron Craze, apparently had told Mikey wanted to work with me. He really thought I had good fire. Eddie Edwards was over for a show. We did, we did this um this show upstairs in in a club in my hometown in Ferry Hill, which I actually did like the promoting for. It did absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think about sixty people turned up because Ferry Hill's like that many. <laughs> like it was my first taste of what it would be like um, running shows, I suppose. But uh, yeah, but he had a quality main event. It was Eddie Edwards versus Lagero. They didn't record it, and honestly, those sixty people made it sound like there was six thousand people there. I think I think they tweeted about it not long ago because the the referee um, uh, the referee said this was one of the best matches he'd ever done. Um, and, and like there's no freaking record of it it's so annoying because it was so good but yeah Eddie Edwards said I had good fire like I was like oh my god I nearly fell off my chair so like I was getting good feedback but I was getting crapped on by this this forum thing and it just sort of I don't know it just sort of got me down and it like, like maybe maybe I didn't fall out of love with wrestling but I just thought no I, I'm obviously not going to get anywhere with it and then when I started working for, for you and I did a few shows I, I was a bit apprehensive about it but it was so much fun and like the backstage area is so like like maybe I was a bit shy and quiet at the old ones and I started off a bit like that at yours but there's some so many interesting characters and I know everyone's kissed Keith's ass on these shows but he deserves it he is such a nice guy and I could listen to him all day um <laughs> he's got time for everyone but like on everyone on the podcast loves him I like maybe I should have changed tactic and like attacked him a little bit, but I, I can't. He's it's Keith and he's amazing. <laughs> that would have been a good controversial start, wouldn't it? <laughs> start shitting on Keith Myatt. <laughs> um, I can't I, imagine anyone would though, because he's amazing. He's amazing. Ah, that's true. That's very true. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's one <laughs> it's one way to uh, sab- you know, not sabotage your podcast, but it's one way to get a bit controversial. Let's shit it on Keith Myatt. 
but we will get to, we will get to Keith in, in in a little bit anyway. So you did two years. You came away for it, uh, from it for three or four years. Uh, you got introduced to me at a at a dinner party. I mean, sorry, it's Mice and Dice. You liked wrestling just like you. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Uh, and it, it, like, it, it does feel that way, though, doesn't it? Like, because yeah. wrestling such a weird business that people like, say, football, they're either into football or they're not. People that like heavy metal, it's you're either into it or you're not. And there does, there's not like a stigma to any of them, but wrestling's always got a slight in the, 90s, in the 90s, when it was cool, everyone liked wrestling. Like, like I know they had the don't try this at home, but everyone on the school field was wrestling, like on a dinner time at my school. <laughs> my but, it, but even even with like you know, when wrestling was cool in the nineties, you've still always got that contingent of people that's like, oh, you do know it's fake. And I kind of think like comic books and comic book movies had the same as wrestling because people that used to read comic books didn't used to openly admit it. It kind of fell into that same contingent of. Maybe nerdy, a bit shy, a bit whatever. Now, because obviously Marvel's doing billions and billions of uh, dollars in business. If you go, yeah. oh, I'm I'm a I'm a comic book Marvel uh, movie nerd. No one bats an eyelid. But say twenty years ago, I think people would would be shy about admitting that. Now everyone wears Batman t-shirts and whatever. But wrestling yeah. still never shaken that. I don't want to call it a stigma, but it's never shaken that. You want to be a little bit shy about who you admit it yeah. to, because it's like it's like the the you know, like the soaps like EastEnders and Coronation Street. There's people who absolutely love them, but like there's still people who shit on them. So it's it's it might be the the fact that they call it sports entertainment, and it, it's like a soap opera that people say. So it must be. I think it's just that because wrestling's cool. <laughs> yeah, like, like now it it doesn't bother me. I think maybe. Maybe, no, maybe in college I used to argue with those guys who were trying to tell me it's, it's fake and I knew it was and I'd be like, yeah, it's scripted. But it, I bet it still hurts like hell. That was before I'd actually done it. Yeah. Um, well, we, we used to fight on the, the, uh, the school field, I suppose. But yeah. Maybe. That, that did, uh, yeah. I tombstoned my brother once. That, that, was, uh, that was bad. My <laughs> mum like, chased me up the street with a, a frying pan. So. <laughs> Yeah. Good on his good on his Geordie upbringing. Where's what can yeah. I hit him with? I'll tell you what, a frying yeah. pan that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone like maybe maybe this is what it is. So maybe it's not necessarily it's the business, but I think how sensitive you are when you're younger that you protect whatever you're into. So remember being in uh, in high school, for instance. And this for me is it's a direct quote. Some kid came to school. In what would be dubbed Tesco Two Stripes. Now I know I know you know what those are. I do, yeah, yeah. We we were like we're only a few months apart in age, so or like yeah. a month apart or something like that. So like so, yeah, when we talk about school, like we 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 have the same references. So like roofing it, you know what roofing it is, don't you? Yeah, you, yeah. Someone loses a shoe, you pass it around and lob it on the roof. But yeah. I, 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 I swear to you, so this kid, I can't remember the, for the life of me what his name was. He came to school in these Tesco two stripes, which were tracky bottoms with only two stripes on them because he'd got them from supposedly Tesco or from the yeah. Newcastle Underline Market, whatever. And he got ripped that morning because it would have been like a non-uniform day. He got ripped so badly for only having two stripes on his trackies rather than the Adidas three stripes that he tipexed. A third line on his trousers. Oh, so they're you know, like, 
if he'd only waited until The Rock had that match where he wore two stripes. <laughs> he did, he did a, a match in Tracky Bottoms once. I'm sure he only had two stripes on it. Well, like, I think like now, if people say, if people were kind of, kind of like pointing at your clothes and going, <laughs> your jeans are from Primark, yeah. you, wouldn't give, you wouldn't give a shit. You just go, yeah, they cost me, they cost me four quid. I don't yeah, care. I think- I think once you leave school, it's totally different because we had that at school. Like my mum always made sure, like I had like hundred pound plus trainers and stuff like that. So like I wasn't like the most well off kid at school, but my mum worked really hard and she she made sure we always had like the right gear and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the kids that didn't, they used to get like um, yeah, like bullied and stuff like that. So. So maybe it is, maybe it's like an age thing here, because whatever you're into when you're younger, you're just very protective over it. So maybe when you kind of get a little bit older, you're an adult. Um, it's money, it's your own money to spend. Then it's like, oh, maybe it's actually, I'll go to Primark and get those. Uh, they, they look the same. You just, you just build yourself. Yeah, they'll be the same quality. Yeah, they, they'll last longer. They don't. I've been to Peacocks in town and bought jeans before. <laughs> Within a week, they're chafing. It's, it's bad. <laughs> That's just because you're locked down eating. There's a big difference. <laughs> like, I was speaking not, to... Um, since the beginning of lockdown. I'm in shorts. Even at work, I'm in my pants for the T-shirt and they can't see. <laughs> oh, ladies and gents, just be very grateful that this is just audio, not video. So uh, he, wouldn't let, uh, he wouldn't let me do a, a video one. Like... <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get this back to wrestling. So do you, I I as forgetful as I am, um, Jordy Stew wasn't your original name that you were gonna be, and we changed it not too not too soon. Like it was getting closer towards Press Infused Battle Royale, and we changed it quite near to Show Day. I don't know if you remember. What the hell was it gonna be? It was something. Was it always? God, it wasn't Summit Tony, was it? That was one of your bloody. We were discussing that um, you're going to be like the, the Brooklyn Brawler of pressing oh, for you. That was the Geordie Brawler. That's, that was your Brawler. I think it fell on deaf ears a few times when you mentioned that. <laughs> well, yeah, like, like to me, it, it made sense. So I, was, I was saying it in the office going, GB, the Geordie Brawler, and then it was just met with silence. I thought, mm, maybe we'll come up with something else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I always liked um I just I just thought the name Geordie Stew would stand out more. Obviously, if I used it up north, it they wouldn't it wouldn't have give a shit because like every, like there's so many Geordies up there, but it sort of stands out down here, like, oh he's different. But, so that's I didn't want to just be like the same as everyone else. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like Tyneside Tony. I, I, I can't do it. You came up with that. That's my heel gimmick, isn't it? Tyneside Tony. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, we're, we're so going to do that, ladies and gents. We are so going to do that. You got your segue into Irish Stew and all those other ones that you came up with. No, no, no. Oh, so, okay, I'll have, to, I'll have to tell this little story. So, ladies and gents, right, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're, you, chances are you're a wrestling fan. Chances are you're probably a bit of a mainstream wrestling fan. So you'll know WWF, WWE, um, at least a little bit. Now, there was an infamous Royal Rumble where I think was it Mankind came out first. And then he, once he got bailed, so he chucked over the top rope. He came back later on as Cactus Jack. He got chucked over the top rope and then he comes back right at the very end 
as Dude Love. So Mick Foley, the person, came out three times. And we kind of wanted to replicate this a little bit. And we thought, well, who, who could we do it with? And Geordie Stew's the best person for it because he could come out in his you know, black gear and his Geordie Stew and whatever, um, you know, early number draw kind of thing. He gets chucked out, goes in the back, puts on a green singlet, puts on an orange beard, and he comes back out as Irish Stew. <laughs> oh, that was actually the best one. You come up with loads. I think stewed steak was one of them. It was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> like, that, I, that was... I, yeah, I admit it. I, I come up with a lot of ideas, but they aren't all pearlers. A lot of the time, they are absolutely shit. And when, when someone, like, I just shouted out, oh, you could do it. Obviously, green singlet for Irish stew with the orange beard. And then people were kind of like giggling and laughing and whatever. And I thought, then my brain runs away with it. Oh, we could be uh, stewed steak. And then rather than leaving it at that, which people are kind of like, okay, I see where you're going this. I see where you're going. I started to describe what your gear should be. And at that point, I lost everyone. Because I said, yeah. oh, you should be like, it should be like brown fur, kind of like how stewed steak looks. And people are kind of looking at me as if to go, um, maybe not a fail, maybe not. <laughs> they can't all be winners so you know it, it, it is what it is isn't it yeah uh, so like so you start with us we've kind of narrowed it down 2014 2015 I'm 99% certain it was that show that you mentioned yeah. um, would you have say say maybe three either matches or highlights segments skits whatever that you starred in or you had a hand in either, either helping to create, because obviously me and you'd sit there with book yeah. uh, in the office. So three moments that you'd go, I'm proud of this, whether you're in the match, whether it's a segment, whether it's this, that, or the other. Um, so does it, in pro wrestling for you, or just in overall? Um, if, if you've got some in pro wrestling for you, that's cool. But maybe, maybe overall, give us three yeah. overall. It was a, a, a six-man tag um in 3cw um and there was uh it was like elimination style and it, it was a, like there was a setup at the beginning of the show um more amin uh, was going to get his arm broken by a, a jump on the chair from the second rope or something like that and then me and two others who were well one of them was like a, a standout star in newcastle and the other those two were trainees so we come out and stopped it uh, and then it led to a, a six-man elimination match, and it was just really good. The crowd got into it. I got to work with Stevie Lane, um, who was in One PW, who he was so so good. Uh, it was just a really good match. Um, and then the other two were in pro wrestling for you. I, it used to be Dave, but yeah, screw you, Dave. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> like that was a kind of like match that I'd, like. Normally, my matches are quite simple. There's a bit of psychology in there. They're not going to be the best match on the card, but I go more for reaction because I can get a reaction out of fans with the right opponent, I suppose. And then, so the one with Dave, I am kind of proud of for the sort of work ethic and the sort of fast-paced style that it was. But I, I had a really. You've had a few, you've had a few matches with Dave. Can you, can you happen to remember which one it would have been? It was the, the Hell and the Well one that went the, the, the was the best one. 
yes. Not, not because I won the briefcase. It wasn't because I won the briefcase. It just, it just flowed really well, and it got a big pop at the end. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but it was the the two most recent matches. So the one with Ryan Myatt, I had so much like it was so easy. I had so much fun. He he was so like he could have he could have given me a load less. So I think he wanted him to come out stronger. But he was like, "What's the point? Like, let's put this. Like, let's both get over. Like, he put a lot of comedy into it. Like, it was such a good match. Uh, it was the crowd were well into it. And it set up the the thing with Keith later on, um, which I got to work with Keith Meyer, even though he kicked me in the starts. That <laughs> 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 like, there was a, like a few people. Like, well, that was one of the ones we spitballed for ages on, wasn't it? Like, how we were going to turn Keith Meyer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to save that for another podcast or something like that, but we 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 discussed that countless times. We changed it. We 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 come up with loads of different ideas, and I think the way you did it was just the the right way because it worked. Yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you on that one. I think when you when you're looking to turn someone that that's loved, respected, admired, everything as much as Keith Myatt is. It can be really, really difficult. I mean, Mick Foley's had this issue. Ric Flair's had this issue once. Yeah. You want to turn a, a, a someone so loved bad, it can be difficult. Now, it can work sometimes. Hulk Hogan, when he joined the NWO, is probably a really good example of it going down well. But so there's something about the, trying to turn someone so respected that even when those they're doing these dastardly villainous things it can really be difficult for a crowd because they want to boo him because they're doing quote-unquote bad nasty stuff but they love that person so much that it they can yeah. feel a bit conflicted but i think the reaction from that so it was press infuse method to our madness um last year wasn't it yeah, I want to say last July. Yeah, I think it would have been yeah. last, Ju- last July. Last, last summer. <laughs> and um, so, if, so if anyone that's not seen uh, that show, not seen the match, so it's they, they need to watch the build. They need to watch the build up to it because it was a slow building turn. Um, and him and Ryan had some absolute, like one of the best matches I've ever seen live. And I've been to like WWE shows and. And loads of indie shows, but like they kicked the living shit out of each other, and they built up to the crowd. the The crowd were like hating on Ryan because he was beating his dad up, spitting in his face, and then Keith just just flipped, scooped him up, and started punching the shit out of him. And the crowd that, that was the loudest pop I've ever heard. Like me and Mark Morgan were stood backstage, obviously social distancing because he was a heel, I was a face. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like we both were like. He just sort of did like an explosion gesture, and I was just like, "Wow, that that was amazing!" So, yeah, the the build up to it, it was it was like the turn. It was like Ryan was getting in his head and uh, and stuff like that. And he just had enough, and in the end, blood's thicker than water, I guess. And so it was just so well done. So don't undersell yourself by telling them to check out that. Check out the whole freaking year before where it builds up to it because it was yeah. so good, such a good well, start. But obviously, just for the for the sake of the podcast, just kind of give people a little overview. So as you said, Keith had been going up against Ryan for the most part of the year, getting in his head, just completely just getting under his dad's skin. And it got to a point that it was Geordie Stu versus Ryan Myatt. 
with what I would dub one of the, one of the coolest entrances we've ever put together, which I, I, I will ask you about right after we talked about this. Okay. Um, Stu picks up the win over Ryan Myatt. I wasn't meant to, though. He he made that decision. You <laughs> you wanted me to lose, didn't you? And then he was like, what's the point? In, like, like, if he's going to face my dad. Uh, so Ryan changed it, like, and you obviously agreed and said, oh, yeah, it makes more sense. So, yeah. Uh, and um, so Ryan jumps Geordie Stu right after Matt, starts beating him down, beating him down, beating him down. Keith Myatt makes a save with, with a chair, hits, hits his son with, with the chair. So Ryan is sparked out. He kind of helps pick Geordie Stewart up and then smacks Geordie uh, Stewart with the chair as well and then walks off, says nothing. You can tell there's a lot of confusion on Stu's face. Obviously, spark out his confusion on Ryan's <laughs> face. You sold out and then everyone started chatting. Well, not everyone, but a lot well, of people it, started chatting. It, 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 was... wasn't, it wasn't at this point. Cause you, if I don't like combine the two. So at this point, there was just confusion. And you can tell that it's by Ryan's face. Ryan didn't know about it. Ryan goes in the back. You injured, a bit more injured. You go in the back. Now, later on in the show, Stu comes out. So this is after the interval, about half an hour, 45 minutes later. He comes out after the interval, uh, kind of uh, impromptu style. Takes the microphone from Daniel Terry. Says that, look, he, um, something happened. And apparently it was Keith Myers. Can he at least come out here and explain himself? Because you're a bit confused. So Keith comes out. And the crowd were a little bit confused, but he's still Keith Myatt, and he's still Keith Myatt in Silverdale, which is as hot as it can get. And Keith takes to the microphone, and he's got a bit of that old yellowness about him, where he's just saying, you know what, I'm so sorry. Ryan's been in my head for the past year, and I saw Red. I took him out as well, and I just lost my call. I mean... Like, just please understand that. And there's no way I can make up for it, but hopefully, because you've said some nice things about me before I came out here, I, I want to do something for you because we've been good mates and all this sort of thing. How about if we have a match? Would that make up for it? You know, and I can't, it, that's the only way I can say sorry. And it's kind of like milked really nicely and really slowly. Yeah. And the crowd are just instantly like, boosh, yes, we want that. And then you, you, you agree, say, you know what? Yeah, I get it. You know, you've, you've seen firsthand what Ryan's been doing to him all year. So you agree to the match. As uh, Keith gives referee Tony the microphone, Tony turns around to give it to Daniel Terry. Keith kicks you in the uh, in the plums. Yeah. A massive, massive plum that, shot. There's a, there's a four that is like, there was time to perfection. I don't know who took it, but it's on your, it's on your Facebook page. But it's so good. It's such a good photo where... It, like he's literally landed on my plums, and you can see the the pain and stuff like that. So that that is uh, such a good photo. Yeah, and literally, um, he rolls you up. Obviously, Tony, the referee, Tony spins around. Kind of is obviously just called for the bow. Counts the three count. I think it's like an eight second match. But I think the the best thing about this was Keith looked so conflicted. He didn't instinctively go into heel mode of I'm a bad guy. He was yeah. literally just—he was sat there. You're in the background, um, kind of obviously holding your bits, looking worse for wear. And Keith's got his head in his hands, and I was at the back of the room for this, and I didn't want to lead anyone down any certain routes. Like sometimes, if a match gets a bit quiet and I'm sat in the crowd, um, I'll kind of like boo or cheer to try to hopefully get like a domino effect. But at this point, I was on merch at the very back of the room, and I was just looking at people. 
and um, just from nowhere, you can hear, and you can hear me back on on the uh, the the audio and on on the video. Just just little bits of people just like kind of booing him, kind of hissing at him, and then one voice. It's a lady named Tanya, the nicest lady <laughs> in the world. Uh, starts chanting at him, "You sold out," and then that all of a sudden starts to grow. Now it doesn't grow to a point that all of the crowd start chanting. Yeah, it's, there's still a lot of confusion. And I think that's that was the beauty of that segment, where just fifty yeah. percent of the crowd really just they weren't booing him because he's a bad guy. They were just doing what like your parents used to say: "I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed." <laughs> there was kind of that atmosphere. Yeah, and it's not even just parents that say that. I mean, anyone that's ever been my team leader or manager, you probably said that to me at some point or another. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. You definitely have. Well, it was one of those moments where I was stood at the back of the room and obviously the venue was roasting. It was an emotional night anyway because it was the Joshy Brown Memorial uh, Battle oh, Royal. Yeah. Um, we had a few dropouts from the, from I think one was from at least the main events. Um, and it was just like, it was, it was a very emotional night anyway, but a really good night, a good sort of 200 st- uh, strong crowd and a hundred people from you know, this Silverdale crowd were chanting, you sold out at Keith Myers, Silverdale's biggest legend. And yeah. it's just, it's just beautiful. I couldn't have written that better. A yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood writer couldn't have written that better. It no, was pure, it was organic. Like, I don't want to, like, I can't, um, like, I'm not trying to put myself over anything because it wasn't just me. It was me, it was you, it was Keith, it was Ryan, it was Daniel Terry, it was Magic Mark putting over on commentary, it yeah. was referee Tony Barris, like the best referee the world's ever seen. It was all of us and the crowd. The crowd were just into it and they'd... I, I say it was fifty percent of that crowd. Any more, and it would have felt forced. Any less, and it would have you know, gone to shit. I just found a perfect level that couldn't been written, couldn't have been produced or directed in Hollywood. It was a raw, organic, genuine feeling of emotions, and I, I love that. It's my most watched. It's my most watched show, and I love that. It's an eight-second match in. in you know, eight to ten seconds. That was absolutely gassed. That was a long eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, I hats off to you and uh, everyone involved uh, on that one as well. Now, there is one thing I do want to get onto before I ask you, obviously, a few more questions. Now, the Geordie Stew entrance. Now, I know I had a hand in helping you create this, and I, had I had to talk you into it. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to work at all. I thought everyone would have forgotten what Big Brother was, and then. Like we did it, the when did it was that the first show we introduced that? Yeah, so that would have been so press infused method to our madness when you're against writing. That was yeah. the first one of of doing this. So for anyone that doesn't know what we mean, kind of give us like a running commentary of what the entrance so, even is. So basically, with the the big the big brother guy used to come on. He was a Geordie, and he used to do like uh, an overview of uh, what was about to happen, what they were doing. So, like, I'll start it off as usual um, with the with the original Big Brother entrance. Then I'll take the piss out of whoever's in the ring, uh, and then I'll I'll say some kind of Geordie word that probably nobody knows. Uh, like, um, I, he, um, I'll just uh, Ryan Meyer is in the ring and he's absolutely cacking himself, like <laughs> cacking himself up north. Like, I, I hate that word. My granddad used to, like my granddad hated it, and I just thought it's 
it's like a funny word. It's um, like nobody knows. Like I think you, 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 like gadgy was a word that you didn't know and you thought it was hilarious. I said in, I think it was one of the original words I said in. Oh, um, that was the very first promo you ever did for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've got a few more. I'm seven. I'm going to spoil them on the podcast. Sorry, but I've got a few more for down the line. If uh, if um, if I make it after this after this podcast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you'll have, you'll have to look out for them. Because uh, um, I, I assume it would have been you know, Big Brother would have been on in the office, it, like in the background. Because the office that uh, myself and Stu, um, I used to work at where he does work. Um, yeah, you've got you know, t- TVs um, <laughs> all all along the the office, and he would play TV shows because they would want you to sample what's on TV to kind of discussing the products, which obviously we weren't, we weren't getting into, because it's a gambling thing, so we're just not going to get into it. And I think it was just in my head, I thought this voice, it's it's famous without being famous. Like, no one knows who that guy is. Yeah. Um, but I think that Big Brother entrance, I can call it entrance music, but that, that Big Brother song that I they can't think of a life on me, um, who it is or what the song's called, but it kind of like, it kicks in, It's it's... Obviously, dance music and whatever. Yeah, whatever he's called, it's probably not his name. It was, a, it was popular in the nineties. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was him. I'm not too sure, but I, I think it's such a like it's. It, they they literally clap. I don't even have to do it. Like it's probably the song. It's probably got nothing to do with me. But like the audience just start clapping for. That it's such a good song, and like I thought it was. Gonna be, I honestly thought, oh god, I'm gonna get booed out the building. It, you know, they're gonna be crickets, and then I, they just started clapping for us. Oh bloody hell! I haven't even gone out there, and they're clapping for the song. And then you turn the volume down just so you can sort of barely hear it. And then yeah. that's when I do my promo and like. The, that's I, like I the, um, the, the the beauty of the setup where it was. So obviously, the yeah. first time you did it, it was you versus Ryan by it. So. We did it, and the first time it gets over nicely, but it's yeah. not perfect. So again, I was at the back of the room for this one, where kind of yeah. controlling the sound and stuff. So the, the tune kicks in for like 10, 12 seconds. It drops down to what you call in the business a lower third, so you can hear it, but the microphone can cut in over the top of it, and it kind of works like that. So then Stu starts doing his uh, Big Brother narrator. Day six in the, in the Prussian View house. Ryan Myers in the wrestling ring with his head that looks like he's on upside down. And we were just kind of like joking about that, yeah, like in yeah, the office. We were just, yeah, but you know what I mean? But like, that's what we were doing in the office. We were just yeah, chatting, yeah. chatting shit in the style of that narrator's voice. Now, no one knows who that guy is, but it's such a well-known thing. That even if you don't like the show, you know that it's got this Geordie narrator. And yeah. It it just works. So on that night, it kind of worked quite well, but people... Yeah, there's a few of the little guys got laughed at, but my favourite one was against Mark Morgan. At, uh, well, that's that's what I'm going to get, what I'll uh, get into. So obviously we did it for that July show, and the audience kind of listened to your music kicking quite loud, and then when it drops down quiet for that lower third, they don't, they think we've either messed up, or something <laughs> like this. Like, it sounds, it doesn't, it, what of entrance... Plays and then drops down by two. Yeah, but I, when you look at that footage, the crowd kind of talk over it a little bit and they almost miss a couple of the jokes. The show after was in September in Nutton. You weren't at that show, but the one directly after it was Oscar Mania 2 at the yeah. Portdale Valley and Suite, and you were on the first match of the night versus Mark Morgan. 
And the um, the hard cam gets a lot of the uh, sort of regulars to our shows in view, and it's seeing them like they Mark Morgan cuts a bit of a scavian villainous promo. Um, your music kicks in, and then you can see on the footage that people that have been to the shows before and that would have heard this at Method to Our Madness start listening to it, and then right when it kind of drops down to that lower third, they start they start saying to people around them, shh, 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 listen. <laughs> And that's the beauty. That was the beauty of it because you can see it in the footage, and then you cut in. And I will say that was as good of an, an entrance promo as I've ever ever seen. Yeah, People were listening that. for every joke. They weren't talking over. Was, you. Like, they were waiting. A few, a few of the guys in the back were. I don't think they were there to listen to my promo, but they they were there. And it, like a few of them had said like, "Oh, like good luck," and like, "What are you going to say?" and stuff like that. So. Like there was like I thought I felt like a bit of pressure doing it because yeah. there was a few guys at the other side of the curtain and I could see them talking and like I, they were just like everything I said they were like, oh go on Johnny yes! like every little gag that I dropped on him and stuff like that and I, I honestly can't remember any of the promos I like I, I like on the drive on the way there like I'll I'll know kind of what I want to say and then I just like right I'll pick little bits and then I'll build to them and so it's mostly ad lib but like I'll think of things on the way there if i think of it too far in advance it's not as funny yeah it's just like trying to read a script it just doesn't yeah. come across organic but that that was as perfect an entrance as it's possible to have and i've got to give you a lot of credit for that because there wasn't one bit that didn't get over people that knew what you were going to do obviously they did seen the entrance before they were like the regulars they really enjoyed it the people that didn't know what you were going to do really enjoyed it and obviously there was like there have been little kids that don't get the the big yeah. brother reference that the fact that we are kind of like punning it, but they just enjoy the fact that you pace, you didn't rush your comments, and no one over no one overspoke it, and you literally just took your time. And you, there's one bit, the one bit of the line it's and Mark Morgan is cacking himself, and it just cuts in really really well. Obviously, Mark sells it really well because he's very oh yeah, it's a visual. Yeah, that, that, is my, that is my other match. You know, where I said I would pick three, and I, I think yeah. I talked about six, but there was that is my third one. <laughs> that one with Mark, like him, the, him and Ryan, like I, I, it's like that. That's definitely the top two, and I, I always change which one's my favorite because they were both so easy to work with. They give me a lot of stuff, um, and, and uh, it, I just, I just can't pick between them. There was, they, they're just like by far my favorite. But yeah, the the promo from Mark was. Yeah, it was. It worked really well. I could feel it as well. Like my hairs, like my hairs were standing up on my hat, on my arms. It was just like I could tell it was going well. Like you, you could just hear it, and like they, they'd pop, and then they'd go quiet again and wait for the next line. Because I always like give them chance to breathe and take it in, yeah. rather than well, just rushing through it. This, this is one of those things where I think if you'd have done that, if you'd have done like a very similar promo face to face with him, people would still enjoy it. But it's not necessarily going to get over to the point that yeah. you need. I think by by you not being there, yeah, like that, that's not that's not a knock on you, but you're triggering something in people's brains. You're triggering like a nostalgia thing that yeah. they don't need you to visually get in his face, like you'd see on Monday Night Raw with a microphone, and I'm going to do this, blah 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 blah, whatever. It looks better because then the, obviously the the heels in the ring. Looking up as if like to go like, where's that voice is coming from? That's such a better way of doing it. That yeah. 
I, again, I think it's just really well done. I, I have to give you a lot of credit it's, for it. And for, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's like I could, like, I'm, I've got, I can sort of do that Geordie accent if pushed, just about. I mean, it sounds terrible, yeah. but I could crowbar my way through it. And so when I'm saying, it's, it's like, better, I'm, than I've got a, better than your Stoke accent. Yeah, no, I've got a horribly nasal voice, is what it is. But it's not just a case of me coming up with an idea. You've got to run with that idea. You've got to make people believe it and all this sort of thing. And even to the point that, um, obviously, you weren't there at Jeepers Creepers, so that was the last show of the year, the show after Oscar Mania. Yeah, the show I, after, I was going um, to face Troy Goose. I'm, like, gutted. At, like, just last, it's, it just seems to be last minute. Just something always seems to happen. Like, not every show, but... A lot of shows you put me on, I've had to drop out of at the last minute because my daughter was ill, or like yeah. Diane, Diane was suffering um, after after pregnancy, um, and, and she like she couldn't look after the kids on her own, so I was off work. Um, yeah, so there was, like nothing I could do. I was going because I really wanted to face him because I'd had a bit of chat with him before the previous show uh, when I when I fought, faced uh, Paul James, um, but I didn't get I didn't get to do the promo that show, did I? Because uh, Mike didn't work, did it? Yeah, we had, we had um, that, and that's this kind of shows what we had with the Oscar Mania promo and also with the Mephiton Madness promo. That when we came to Preston Few on the Rocks, which is you know, February the second this year, it was uh, Perfect Paul James versus you. Perfect Paul James was already in the ring, and you came out without the promo. Now, if you watch again, if you watch the footage back. You can see people like saying to their friends, "Shut up a minute, it's going to drop down. You're going to want to listen to me." <laughs> and I had I had two people that yeah, unrelated people um, come up, come up to me after the show and said, "Oh, how come she didn't do that entrance?" Yeah, it wasn't my fault. I, I wanted to do it. I I've got it like practiced. I, I've faced that many bold people. I know what to say now. We're going to discuss that, by the way. Like every bold person on your roster, I've fought, and I've fought some of them three times. <laughs> well, like like seventy percent of the roster is bald. That's just one of them things. But like obviously on the day oh, we had guys. we had some uh, we had some microphone issues, so we couldn't have a spare microphone in the back because it was a one wired mic, and there was no way we'd Kim especially because she was hung over to shit on that show could get the, the microphone from the ring down out the ring up on the stage up through the curtain feed it to you for you to do, do the promo to come out and re-give it to her it just wouldn't it just wouldn't have worked so it's better to not do yeah. it than to do it and yeah. ruin it it keeps them waiting doesn't it they, they, they'll wait for next time exactly exactly so we're we're going to move on to like our sort of next section we're calling it the APA section don't worry Bradshaw's not here it's ask Phil anything now when you're a promoter some people can be a bit shy with you some people can be a bit this that the other I don't think Stu's one of those guys. Stu can give me a plenty of shit, and he knows he's going to get it back, and then he knows he's going to give it me again. So I'm not worried in the slightest. But Geordie Stu has got the chance to ask me anything that he's got on his mind. So maximum of two questions. Have you got something that you want to try to chuck me under the bus for? No, nothing. I want to chuck you under the bus for. But there's like a, there's a big topic on, especially on Twitter. I've not been, I don't go on any of the other social media things, but. Like there's um there's obviously that um Hannah the, 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 is it Hannah Kamura she um she committed suicide because of um what people had said online and stuff like that so it's, it's cyberbullying and stuff like that and then yeah. there, there was a, Br- a British wrestler had gone through a bad 
spell and loads of like other wrestlers have to step in and help out. And I know you've struggled and not many people would know that. Um, so I, I just wanted to ask you about like when you went through your, your, your bad times and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a bit about that. Yeah. I mean, for me, a lot of people don't know this side of you, do they? You, that you're like the happy go lucky sort of gobshite of, uh, British <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> I think that sums you up pretty well. Uh, what was I, I, I do. I really do. I'm shite in a suit or something like I wear, Yeah, gobby dickhead in a suit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's not been... Uh, like, the, the past year, I'd say, it, it's been a bit difficult. Now, for anyone that pays attention to uh, the Person Few channels or knows me personally and all this sort of thing, especially if you know Kim Rocks as well now... Um, her brother died, Joshy. Um, that's why we've got the Joshy Brown Memorial Battle Royal as part of Person View. He was Person View's uh, first DJ. He did a first couple of shows. And he did a few in between as well at Silverdale and things like this. And we lost him last March, I think it was, middle of March. Yeah. And it kind of hit us really, really badly. I mean, um, both myself and Geordie Stew and Dave Davecchio and the announcer Daniel Terry, we all worked with Joshy Brown at our regular day job at Mice and Dice. So I was I was being in constant contact with Kim Rocks outside of work, um, getting all the getting the info on Joshy. Uh, he had a he had brain tumor and it went away a little bit. Then it kind of came back and unfortunately um, he kind of Josh succumbed to it and. I couldn't get away from it because uh, obviously I was trying to be as supportive as I could for Kim and the family. Um, Cause I mean, I was literally as close to them as like as family can be, you know? And so then I was coming to work and my and I's hats off to them. They did whatever they could to, to help out, but I couldn't get away from it at all. Um, and I'm not good necessarily at expressing my emotions a lot of the time. I joke a lot. That's my way of dealing with things. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was having like a really, really bad time. And unfortunately, things kind of come in freeze. So that would affect my mood. My mood would then affect my work rates, not in wrestling, but in regular day job. And so it would just start spiraling out of control. I'd be very passive aggressive. Um, and it's just it's one of those uh, one of those things which kind of led up to me getting released from this job. I don't mind admitting it. We've, we've talked about it on podcasts and stuff before. And Miles and Dice released me from the job last June. Now, if you listen to this podcast just for the wrestling, this bit probably won't interest you. But it all kind of leads into one. Now, I'll openly admit I needed sacking. I was out. I was out of control. I almost wanted them. I was kind of almost daring them to do it because I'd back myself into a corner and I needed to be released from that job. You know, some could say is a long time coming. Now, kind of since then, I've had some other issues. Uh, like my my dad passed away in you know, early February this year. It was like a couple of days after the person for you on the rock show and all this sort of stuff. So it doesn't, it's not been a great year, but wrestling for me, has been my savior it's been absolutely like i know i'm quite a creative person i know i'm quite an artistic person i'm not book clever i'm 
can't speak languages, I can't drive, my GCSEs aren't worth shit. Literally, I've got nothing. But in terms yeah. of creating, I'd say that's my... Yeah. In terms of being creative, that's my thing. You'd, like the, the job that we were talking about, you did for like 10, 10 11 years, something like that. Yeah, one month shy of 11 years. Yeah, you did everything you could there. Like, um, but obviously, you liked a bit of a laugh and a joke and stuff like that. But every creative thing that you, you took on, you knocked out of the park and stuff like that, as in the, the close takeover things that you did. Um, but like, you could, you could just never get away from that core role job that you'd done for so long and you were sort of creatively stifled but like when you do your wrestling shows and stuff you're not like when at your shows I'm sure at other shows I've heard you tell stories of you and Dave humping each other and stuff like that but (laughs) (laughs) but at your shows you're like the ultimate professional and stuff like that um you're like obviously you're very busy and you're very stressy and stuff like that but like there's this it's funny seeing you handle situations that um that you would that you would do to someone do you know what i mean so it, it worked yeah. you would you'd be the one causing shit but you have to, it's funny watching you having to deal with the shit and you sort of become that team leader that that you used to call shit for it, 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 it's yeah, like i know there's, there's a really weird irony to it i suppose i think yeah. with with pro wrestling for you obviously i'm not trying i'm not making this conversation yeah about me i'll try and wrap it up but with pro wrestling for you now, if you're quite an artistic person uh, listening to this, chances are, whether that's music, whether that's movies, whether that's uh, painting, whatever you create from nothing, you'll, chances are at some point you've suffered for your art. You know, you've either gone around meals because you're too busy doing something, or you've maybe lost friends, lost relationships, not, yeah, you know, all this sort of stuff because you want to be the best at what you absolutely love. And with person for you, there's no one to tell me no. Now, sometimes that's great, sometimes not so great. But in terms of working at an idea till we can get it absolutely at its best, it doesn't mean to say every idea is great, but it does mean to say that every idea is well thought out and at least you can kind of see the, yeah. the, method, the method to its madness behind it. So... There was no, we're pressing for you. There's nobody that can tell me that's not a good idea. And obviously, talent might not necessarily be up for every idea that I put forward, but I will explain my reasons for, you know what, this is the reason I think this is going to happen. And this is the reason for this idea of doing this certain thing. So I get my own way. There's no one that can knock me on the head. There's no HR. There's no, we don't need to have a meeting about a meeting. There is a HR now. Yeah, I obviously Mr. Troy Goose. But in terms of um, there's you know, with office work, it's always like, oh, let's have a meeting, or let's we'll have a group consensus, and then whatever we decide between us all, that's the idea we're going for. And then it's, that can be difficult because if I know I've got the best idea, <laughs> again, it sounds like being asked, but if I know I've got the best was, idea, which was nearly every time. I love that we we did like a, a group. Uh, session once where we were coming up with an idea and he just took the pen and took the board and wrote this is what we're doing and it was like it was to do with poker wasn't it it was um, yeah. so we were trying to come up with a, a, a like a, um, a promotion for poker to try and get people to learn how to play and enjoy it and your idea was brilliant They've st- I, I keep chasing it up because I just think it's that good and they were like oh yeah it's still there we're still, we're still keeping it we do want to use it it's just 
Um, so it's your, your ideas are still there in the pipeline somewhere. I, I, I will keep chasing them because it was a brilliant idea. Well, it's pointless now. Taking it, taking it in me a fucking bonus, is it? No, tell, me it's your, tell me it's your idea. At least you can earn something from it. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter, obviously. No, but we're going back onto the mental health thing. So yeah, for yeah, me, that's, that's, my, that's my sort of outpouring that I get to do exactly what I want to do and work with some of the most creative, uh, free-thinking people on this fucking earth. I mean, we've got a really good roster, fucking awesome yeah. people. Yeah. And it's so nice that that's my brain is the happiest it could yeah. ever, ever be. Or even putting up with all the stress. I, I know a lot of people have, but the, the, the new guys from, is it RWA? The, yeah. They're all so talented. Like, every single one of them. Like, uh, Matt Fox. Like, and he's only been on a few shows, but I remember you when you first brought him in. He was in a tag team where, like, he, like, he had a thief gimmick. And, like, yeah. a, few, a few people, like, said he was like he wasn't like ready in or, or some terms or something I remember and then he came back a year later and oh my god he had like the crowd eating out the palm of his hands in that rumble and i actually said to him afterwards like you've improved so much like to the point where like, this rumble was building up and i swear to god nobody was going to get chucked out and i was just like right I'd, ra- I'd rather be the first guy chucked out there's a something to remember like rather than go out second or third so i was just like right that he's impressed me that much. I went up to him and was like, right, just chuck me out. And then we, we like just ad-libbed and did a little thing and then he chucked me out and like the, the crowd hated him anywhere because of his previous match, but like... <laughs> Where he uh, stole the kid's fruit shoots from the front row. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. Like, like, I would love to work with like, like people like that and like get like... That, that's one of the things like I'd, I'd like to work with like even though... I haven't had that many matches myself. I do have a mind for the business, so like, my uh, technically I'm not there, but like mentally I am there. But I'd like down the line, I'd love to work with some of them because they they are so good. Um, Lance Rivera, he had that quality match with Dave uh, on the previous show. I spoke to him afterwards because I I can't help it, even though like I'm probably a nobody to most of the the people there. Um, I I, I don't mind passing on because I I like wrestling. I understand wrestling. I don't mind passing on like a well done that was amazing and stuff like that to people. So like they deserved it. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I thought uh, Dave Tobacco versus Lance Rivera from Preston Few on the Rocks, superb match. Really, really, really. Um, I watched, he put a clip of the drop kick on today that he did. He did a double drop. Oh my God, their fucking drop kicks are amazing. Like, yeah, literally, the fact like, that he's 21 is, is, in, is insane. But um, I, I do want to get back to the mental health thing. Yeah. We mentioned uh, anyone kind of going through um, sort of bad times and stuff at the minute. For me, wrestling's my artistic outpouring. So even if I'm stressy, like if you see me on show day, I am stressy and I am sweaty. That's just one of them things. Now, I love it. I love the creative side of wrestling. So for me, even if it stresses me out, I don't burn out from it. But yeah. some people in the in yeah, people give they've given our shows bad reviews before. They've given some of my talent bad reviews before. Um, but I, for me, I've got to a point that. I'm, I, it doesn't bother me. We don't go after the internet crowd, so the internet, for yeah. the most part, leaves us alone. Um, and any sort of negative um, reviews or comments that we get, I'm fine with talking about it. I'm fine with ignoring, just completely ignoring them if I think, but you didn't even buy a ticket. So 
what have you got this opinion of? That match was shit. Why? Because you saw a highlight reel of it. Fuck off. Like yeah. get in the fuck, get in the fucking sea. Like that person doesn't matter to me. But not everyone is built the same way. Not everyone can take these kind of knocks and it'd be okay. And obviously the, the bigger you are and the more famous you are, the more well-known you are, you're going to get even more of these comments. And I'm sure, like I know where Charlotte Flair went, went through a phase of looking at all the feedback that people were commenting on her pictures and saying, because obviously she's a tall lady and she's a muscular lady. And I'm just going to say, she is fit. Very fit. I don't give a I don't give a fuck. Charlotte Flair is sexy, mate. But people commenting on her pictures saying she looks like a man and stuff like this. Now I'm relatively thick skinned, but I think if I was getting that constantly, day in, day out, obviously not me looking like a man, but you're know I mean that kind of just something very fucking personal. I can't say that I don't think that that would get to me. And a lot of the time in this business, as we're seeing very obviously very recently. It can have such a horrible effect on people. Yeah. Um, I think at that point, I think if I ever got to that point, I, any of my YouTube videos that I put up, I'd disable comments. Any Instagram pictures I put up, I'd disable comments. Um, I'd... Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like that was going to be my like point if we had a discussion about it. like there's got to be more in wrestling done about protecting the the talent. Like, um, I I know you're at like. A good guy at heart. I'm sorry, I'm I'm uh, spoiling your image here, but you're a good guy at heart, and you put your arms around your guys, and you you like motivate them. You you do your speech at the beginning, um, and you'll you'll have time for any of them. You'll talk, you'll listen to their ideas and stuff like that. Um, and like I've like I've, I've not worked many other shows, but like I never got that previously. I don't know if that happens elsewhere, um, but like I, it is appreciated. I know it is. So and that's why you always have like people who want to work for you no it's very kind i mean i I, for me i say that's just me being with no restraints i want to be everywhere and everything so that at some point like if if somebody becomes famous to get to wwe nxt AEW, wherever they want to go i just hope that i can see a bit of an influence of anything that i've created either on tv not so I, i can kiss my own ass but just but you, you can pat yourself I, on the back a little bit. Like you had a little... Well, there's, there's two guys that I, that I can remember. Like, Matt uh, Webster, he used to be on Pro Wrestling View shows. And I think you mentioned on a previous podcast, I have listened to them all, that uh, Zach Gibson, you, you sort of dropped a, a yeah. little hint about his gimmick and stuff like that. So you've, you kind of have done that already. I don't, yeah, I don't, think, I, I don't think I'll ever WWE, mate, but... I'll, I'll try and stay with you until we get to Britannia Stadium. That's that's the dream. Well, even just seeing something like, say, if um, obviously I know the Wild Boar is on NXT UK, if he ever becomes yeah, tag team yeah. champion at some point, he's been a, a previous Pro Wrestling for You champion. Yeah. It's not a case yeah. of kissing me and arse and saying, hey, look what we've did, I'm obviously a kingmaker, I can get you to NXT. I, it's, that's not it for me. I just want for something that I've helped create or to just get its just rewards i want to see someone's success now i don't need um a public shout out on twitter saying you know what this guy's really good he helped do this i don't care i just want to see something that i've created make sense and for people and for fans to enjoy that's all i'm all i really give a shit about it but enough about me enough about me we're gonna we're gonna 
uh, march on a little bit to the first segment of this show. Now, this does involve you to a bit of a make a decision. You've got three envelopes to choose from, A, B, or C. Now, when I said this to Daniel Terry, he said two, which made me want to punch him in the fucking in the dick. Um, <laughs> so you've got three envelopes to pick from, A, B, or C. Now, in each one, there is a bit of a game show kind of thing. Um, yeah. So it depends on which one you pick, depends on which game show you get. So some are nicer than the others. So pick A, B, or C for me. C. I don't know why I've done this. I fucking sealed the envelopes. Like, I could reuse them. It's not like we're, it's not we're filming this. We're just recording you could this. Just pick, you could, yeah, no one can see. You could have just picked your favourite one that you think I'd struggle with. Yeah, like, <laughs> properly throw you under the bus. But you know what? I'm a man of my word, so... Right, give me, give me this fucking envelope. Okay. I'll just rattle this piece of paper and pretend that there's an envelope there. So, what way when you're on the phone to someone you don't want to be on the phone to? Oh, I'm going through a tunnel. You're <laughs> rustling the newspaper. No, we've got. Oh, mate, you're going to hate me so much. It's Snog Mario Void. Of course it is. Of course. It... I knew it was going to be Snog Mario Void. Ah, uh, good. You've got two rounds of this. Dave Delvecchio, I'm not playing. So you've got two rounds of this, so obviously you've got to pick one for Snog, one for Mary, one for Lavoid, and because I'm a dick, none of these are female. Okay, brilliant. So first round, Mark Morgan, these are all M's, you'll, you'll spot a pattern. Mark Morgan, Matt Burns, Matthew Brooks, Snog, Mary, Avoid. Oh, God. Um, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, I'll marry Mark Morgan because uh, I can talk wrestling to him all day. I kind of had a, a, a similar wavelength when thinking on wrestling with him, so I'll stay with him for life. We'll we'll talk wrestling. So um, got a snog. Well, I've got I've got to pick Matt Brooks, haven't I? Look at that chiselled those chiselled abs, and he he works out, man. I've got to pick him. Just I'll have to snog him. So uh, <laughs> I'll have to avoid. Um, Matt, uh, is it Matt Burns? Yeah, Matt Burns. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor, poor Burnsy. Bloody hell. Nice guy. He'll get over it. I'm sure he's chuffed. He's probably like, yes! Bloody slobbering all over my face. So we've got one more <laughs> round for you. Um, and you literally, this round was kind of fucking written for you, so apologies. So again, Snug Mario Void. Daniel Terry, Drill, Dave Dalvecchio. Um, right, I've got to try and think of reasons. Two, ironically, two bald, one balding. I, th I think I've uh, I've seen enough and heard enough of Dave Delvecchio, so I'll avoid him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a baby face now, isn't he? I keep forgetting that. No, he's, he'll always be a heel to me, so yeah, I'll avoid Dave Delvecchio. Um, yeah, I'll marry Drill, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably already snogged Daniel Terry, so that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Wow. So, I mean, so what, what you literally have just done is chucked Matt Burns and Dave Direcchio into the same pot and avoiding them both. Yeah. That they're both too nice. Maybe that's what it is. You, you're like you're like a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> what? And Daniel Terry's a bad boy. <laughs> well, yeah. Him, oh, him and Matt Brooks. You both snogged. Uh, you're gonna marry Mark Morgan and Drill. Um, yeah. Bigger me already. Oh God, it's 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 a very it's, a, it's going to be a very sticky situation. But at least drills always going to keep you fat. I mean, buckets yeah. of chicken, yeah, pies, some pie kebabs anytime. Yeah. 
Uh, little, little anecdote for anyone listening to this. At some point, we were going to make a tag team out of Drill and Jordy Stew. Um, can you happen to remember any of the names we were chucking around? The North, but then there's a there's a tag team called the North in TNA now. It was like a Northern lads, and we were going to be like football hooligans, um, uh, something like that. Oh, top, oh, was it Top North? Yeah, there was two that I remember because we were looking at. Um, I think we'd been down to the London office, and I know we're talking about a lot about a company that no one's heard of, but they've got a London office. And we noticed that on the tube stations, they had like the Northern Line, and we thought, oh, the Northern Line, because, you know, close line, whatever, that sounds pretty cool. And then we thought, well, no, because even saying Northern, people still know it as London, so that doesn't make sense. So we came up with uh, Top North, so T apostrophe UP, North. Like like someone was like, oh, I'm going up to uh, Top North. Pictures and, and all sorts, and then it never happens. Yeah, I mean, what's he doing now anyway? Drill. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's champion, isn't he? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's not. It's not done bad for himself, has he? <laughs> yeah, probably he's worked out better for him anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, drill, drills uh, completely earned it. I, I've, I've got to give a yeah, lot of love. Over, uh, it's over like um, with the crowd. So yeah, he's deserved it. Yeah, I will give this one. He's got had some really good matches with Dave, as Dave will tell you. Like, just in case anyone's listening to this, right? Like, I know bullying's a hot topic and stuff at the minute. Is we're not bullying Dave Dovecchio. We've just got a level of banter with him that it gets very close to the bones. I don't want people thinking we're we're, we're dickheads to who we are. But we expect it from each other, so it's very okay between us three. It's just... yeah, yeah, we've got an unwritten, unwritten rule. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's one of them things. Like, we have to like but... really, if we're if we put it on the t- we love Dave, don't we? So like, yeah, like yeah, he's like uh, he's like like the three of us used to try and sit together as much as we could at work and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, it, it's what obviously how you, yeah, yeah, it's just little little. Tiny bands. Fuck it, fuck it. I'm going to chuck this little story in. Seeing as you mentioned me and Dave humping each other at shows. Now, again, ladies and gents, don't take that the wrong way. Now, Dave, for what he appears like on shows, is not like that at all. He's, he's a, typically quite a shy kind of guy. Keeps himself to himself, pretty quiet. And um, you know, that kind of thing. Typically, that's just what he's like on a day-to-day basis. Now, when we get to shows, I'm not even just when I'm at shows. I'm a bit of a dickhead. I do like to prank. I'm quite gobby, it is what it is. And I'm just one of them people. So when they, like, I'm usually changed and in my suit relatively early because I want my pictures done and all that sort of stuff. Um, and Dave takes forever to get changed. He just, just takes he, his time. He, and... he takes his kegs off and he just stands there for ages, like stark as in. It's like, Dave, Dave, like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and so he's, he's got, yeah, he's got like he's got his bits in one hand, um, like kind of covered up in one hand, not two hands. Sorry, Dave, just one hand. And he's kind of stood there with his pants around his ankles, and because he's so slow, if you t- if you time it right, you can walk in while he's doing it, run up and like <laughs> dry hump him, and he can't do anything. So he's just like, Phil, get off, just get off. And I'm just like, nope. 
because it's funny. It is just it is it's funny. But we're gonna we're gonna get out of that if you pardon yeah, me. Yeah, let's get far away from that as possible. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna jump right into the final segment of this show. Now it's the open mic segment. It's the soapbox segment. Now this business can wind you up at times, so we're gonna give people the opportunity to get something off their chest. They're gonna get a, at least a minute if they want it to just absolutely go balls to the wall and have a good old rant, get something off their chest. So I'm going to shut up for a minute. Geordie Stu, I uh, hope you've got a topic and it is over to you. I think I've already ranted enough on this one, haven't I? <laughs> it's, it's, you've, got, you've got a minute. It was, it was, like, literally, it was about like people not protecting their young talent, especially if they're like trainees or new to the business and their first like say a hundred shows and if you like go to that vocal crowd if they're if they're your kind of people and you don't like like what you do and you, you don't have comments on there um and stuff like that that is like gonna help these young people out because especially in this day and age mental health is like massive um we we i deal with it all the time at work and stuff like that um with with our players well if, if you're not protecting them there could be some really good like young talent who give up on wrestling because of what people have said um, and it might not even be true these they, some of these people don't even know what they're talking about um, they'll do, they'll probably comment on something as stupid as what they're wearing like what what does that matter like it's like oh, the way that they um, the, the match wasn't very good like they're new like give them some slack for fuck's sake like and that that would be my biggest gripe in wrestling because probably because it happened to me, uh, and it did like sort of ruin the beginning of like which I it was a very enjoyable training and um like shows and I'd get really good feedback behind the scenes and then I, I should probably shouldn't have I should have just ignored the forum but like like when when you hear when. When when you like hear about it, and, like someone will be like, oh, they've commented on you again, and it's like, oh, for fuck's sake! Um, it does it like gets you like it gets you down, and like other people like like I had it like not mine wasn't even that bad compared to other people's. Uh, there was a nineteen year old kid on it um, who I had my first match against. He was called Surf Graffiti, and he had it like way worse than me, like to the point where they they they, they I think they made most of it up like to try and make it funnier. Um, and like the, the, the his mum actually because he's the nineteen year old lad um and he he's like really his family used to come to training and and like the shows and stuff like that and I'm sure his mum like went to this this lad's work and like he got in trouble at work because of it this this troll as I'll call him because I'm, I'm not going to name him because I'm I'm as bad as like what he was uh, and I don't I don't think he does it now but like he I think he used to write a shit list like the top 50 shit list of UK wrestlers and stuff like that like like most of them were probably like half decent like probably better than me and like I, I just don't get it like like it's just horrible so that that I probably haven't ranted as as much as like I want to I'm I'm trying to keep it PG for you Phil <laughs> but, Mate, we 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 dropped the f bomb several times. It's fine. We, we put out that this is an explicit podcast. It's for over eighteens or for people that want to listen to it through earmuffs. That's completely fine. So yeah, if it, like if you're listening to this and you're new into it, um, the biggest mistake, like it, the biggest mistake I did was like reading it and like instead of listening to what people who were in the business were saying to me, and like I had loads of positive feedback 
and I, I listened to the the negativity online and let it get to me and I dropped out uh and like i would have i would have ended up having to leave there anyway because I, I was moving down uh to the midlands because that's where my girlfriend lived and um like married like pretty much married to her now so um i made the right choice but i could i could have had like done more shows and stuff like that before that that company closed down but oh well it is what it is yeah it's just one of them things so um before we wrap up I, i'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up so Ladies and gents, when we, when we do these podcasts, we literally just click, uh, click record and we just go for it. Now, the intros that you hear on the start of the podcast, I do those in post-production. So, obviously, I don't know what's going to come up uh, in the show. I have a few bullet points and, obviously, I've prepped the sort of game show part of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, the podcast. But, um, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, 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 we like to wing it. We like to just see what happens. We like to you know, create on the fly as it was. So, when we come to do the introductions... Uh, for each podcast, I don't know what I'm going to say until it's all done and dusted. Now, when I come to do the one for this one, I am going to attempt to do Geordie Stew's entrance voice. Um, I, I don't know if, we, if I can get away with it, but hopefully you'll hear that, and even if it doesn't make sense when you hear that, because obviously that's at the start of the podcast. Once we get into the weeds of this one and you, we start discussing how it all came about and all that sort of stuff, Hopefully it makes more sense, and uh, hopefully I've kind of like done it justice anyway. Hopefully down the line you will do your own, like you will be a, a guest on your own podcast, and I can lead it, and then I'll do the entrance for yours, so they can find out how to do it properly. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking. Fine. Your, your stories are much more interesting because you've told me some in the past, and like you've probably already let a few out, but I'm sure there's so much more you could cover. So I, I'd be really interested to hear yours. Well, that's kind of why I'm I, like I, I was in two minds whether to put the the APA section, the Aspel Anything section, into series two with this podcast because I didn't want it to be about me. I didn't want it to be like, hey, you get to ask me anything, like like I'm some kind of big shot. That's not at all what I wanted it to do. But I thought if I give people um, the chance to kind of ask some questions, I like controversy. I like when people put me on the spot, and, and I feel a bit awkward because. You can't prepare for that. Like, I genuinely do like it. Um, so... I'd love to hear about your, like, I don't think anyone would be able to guess who your favourite, like, sort of matches were with from wrestlers. And it, it, it's actually not even a proper wrestler, is it? No, most of my, my favourite matches are Vince McMahon and yeah. uh, Jay McMahon, pretty much. I, I like story. I like facial expressions. I like... Bret Hart one. You didn't, uh, truly, you didn't like that Vince versus Bret one. Yeah, obviously Vince versus Brett at whatever WrestleMania it was, Brett just chairs him a million times. It's fucking horrendous. But if you watch Vince versus uh, Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 19, that's a fucking good match. And I defy anyone to tell me they weren't into that. The the finger at the end was brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. For me, just coming up from uh, the ring covered in blood, with he's got the the pipe in his hands. Like, you couldn't script, like, I've listened to another podcast, probably uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. He says the cameraman got lucky. The Vince was just doing it, and the cameraman happened to be the right thing, right area looking at him. Yeah. And he thought, holy fucking shit, what we've we landed something perfect there. So, yeah, probably Vince McMahon's probably my top, it, like, two of my top five or ten matches of all time. So, yeah, yeah I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get into that at some point. 
Well, definitely. So if, if eventually you, you get the itch to do one, let me do your podcast and I'll do your, or at least let me do your intro. Right, deal. Done, done. Go. Let, let, let me, I've got a backlog of 19 other podcasts. Uh, people I need to get on this podcast I need to do so once they're all done and I'm sick to the death yeah, back teeth of it if, uh, then I'm yeah whichever whichever the last episode is I'll give people the chance we'll turn it into a roast you can just roast me that's fine I'm fine with that shit yeah. I don't mind so is there anything you want to anything of yours that you want to promote before we uh, uh, sign off um, you could, uh, I suppose if you, if, if you want to follow me I'm on uh, PW for Stew on Twitter. Um, but like the main thing, I'm just going to plug your stuff because uh, if you, if you want to see any of the matches I've talked about or we've talked about or any of the other podcasts, then generally Pro Wrestling View on Demand. Like him on Facebook. <laughs> follow Probably follow Phil as well. Because uh, <laughs> he, he, updates, like, he updates content all the time, like literally all the time. So... I, I don't really do a lot. I, like, I don't go out looking for bookings. I'm not really that bothered. I, I just like working for you. Um, so I'm not really, like, there's nothing to plug. Like, if, if bookings came along, then fair enough. But you, like I've told you before, you, you've said, oh, you can come and work on this show. And I'm just like, no, I'm not really that bothered. But it is what it is. <laughs> you, you've, sold, you've, you've sold yourself very well at the end there, sir. Very well. Not, that's the thing. I'm not trying to sell myself. I'm happy with my life. I'm happy working for you. If something came along, I'd consider it. But like, I'm I'm not gonna. I'm like another one, another podcast. You've said like people send CVs, and like I'm not. That's not me. Like I'm. Yeah. Not, I'm not. I'm not trying to be like. I'm not trying to get anywhere in wrestling. I'm like. I'm just happy to be involved in it at some point, even if it's like like, it, it like not. This is not a knock on pro wrestling for you. It's just me at a lower level in pro wrestling for you. That I'm I'm happy what I'm doing. So yeah. yeah. If you, if you want to hear me rant about Newcastle United, who are going to be the, the richest club in the world, by the way, um, or just comment on wrestling or just mess about with Phil, then, yeah, follow me by all means. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Pet, it has been like, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad oh, we managed God. to get you. And I know you're busy. You've got the, the wife and the kids and you're working from home at this point in time and all this sort of stuff. So I know yeah, you're, you're a busy man. guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I set up again. It's six thirty in the morning. I'll be up at work. Woo. Oh god! Yeah, I, I feel sorry for you, but I'm at a supermarket from like five in the morning, so I don't feel bad for you at all. What the hell do you do there? You stack it. You can cut this out, I suppose. But are you stacking chairs? Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to keep it in. We're going to keep it in. Well, people <laughs> are uh, doing a click and collect orders, so like they swing by and we fill up their boot for them that kind of thing oh, so cool. yeah we had a lad came for an interview um <laughs> who did that and i was really interested in it honestly we get like if i do interviews and they do like and it's like even if it's like someone would find like a mundane job I'm like what how does that process work and stuff like that so <laughs> but like i'm probably interested in a lot of shit so <laughs> you boring bastard so i'm gonna say <laughs> i've got two kids like like i i need i need info i need info yeah, I, mean, I suppose if, if I'd watched you know, Paw Patrol and Frozen on yeah. repeat, I'd probably be in the yeah. same boat. Like, that is literally my date. <laughs> it's like, are you, are you watching what I'm doing? I'm not going to uh, I'm not gonna answer that one. So it is what it is. <laughs> okay, nice, well, ba- nice bathroom wallpaper, that's all I'm going to say. No, we'll skip over that. So yeah, we'll you're, def- you're definitely not watching because I ain't got wallpaper in the bathroom. Do you want to... in their bathroom? 
Well, some people do. Do you want to sign off by either putting Dave Dovecki over or do you want to give him a little bit of shit? Because that's the I'd perfect love that. I'd, just love to, I'd love to put him over because, like, he, like, he has the look of, like, he's six foot four. He's like a fucking, he's a good looking lad. He's in shape. He's good in the ring. He's decent on the mic. He's better as a heel, but like, like I'm sure I can help him be a better face, or somebody will. <laughs> um, but like, I don't, I don't understand why he isn't like focused more on other shows. I just, it, I, it must be down to like him not putting himself over enough or looking for it. But he, he, like, he should be like signed, ready to go on like television because he's got, he's got everything. I was there wanting you like shit on him and do your little my name is Dave oh, it's fine whatever if you want to big I've already done that I did that at the start my name is Dave but like yeah, I, 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 answer, I say to him all the time like, like I don't get why he isn't on like bigger shows and but I, I, I don't know maybe I don't know what I'm looking for <laughs> what I'm looking for that's probably why I never got anywhere Oh, no. <laughs> like, I, I will tell a little Dave Dovecchio story because I know that's one that me and you laugh at quite a bit and again if you listen to this uh, we're not bullying him we lovingly love him to bits and you, Stu even knows the bit I'm going to tell now we had a, um, a, a team of students who wanted to do a wrestling documentary and then it, it got made it was called Power Drivers and OK because it's on, it's on the person for YouTube channel and they're interviewing lots of the wrestlers that are on the shows and they did start out the same way with every interview. They did it with me. They did it with uh, Damien Dunn. They did it with uh, Dominator and Keith Wyatt and a few other people. And they, they got to, to Dave. Dave would have been the champion at that. I don't know if he was champ or tag champ at that point. Tag tag. Champ. And so they, they started out the, the interview the exact same way. They said, oh, can you tell us what your wrestling name is? And then tell us what your real name is. And then they kind of did it that way. So the clip records, and Dave uh, was, was just kind of a bit unprepared, and he just came across really sort of like, my name is uh, Dave Davecchio. Um, what's the question? Like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> and we, like, we, we got this, because it, it's in one of the outtakes. So we got like the raw footage, kept the outtake, and we just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't even do it. I can't do it. I'm laughing too much. God damn it, Dave, you funny bastard. <laughs> My name is Dave. And I think, was it 21, 22 Jump Streets, whatever it's called? It's kind of taking on that kind of life where he's doing his, like, My name is Jeff, or whatever the line is. I think it's 22 we, Jump Street, yeah. Yeah. So we've kind yeah. of parodied, parodied that, and we're like, My name is Dave, because we don't know why. It's just funny, and it seems to wind him up, so it's even funnier. So, yeah. It's one of them things. Right, Stu, um, I'm gonna, I'm, listen, Pet, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Of, of course, as it always is. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.